I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. This is Kate. Well, people, this is it. This is the last one. So I'll take a moment. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you cry. It's okay. <sighs> so we're tucked away at this little Airbnb in Bethel, Maine. I've just been on a three-day virtual retreat with my coach, Ra, goddess. What have you been doing, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you have been really doing it. There was no nonsense with this retreat. Yeah. So I have been making food for the two of us. I have been Turns mountain biking. Mike is really good at plating food. Well, I know how much you like it. So I, I really it's put amazing. a little extra effort in. Just master chef over here. Not so much. I overcooked the burgers last night. So honey, I think you're a good cook. Thanks. Well, no, I I like cooking. I just mm -hmm. overcooked the burgers last night. You did. The <laughs> and I've been riding mountain biking a lot. So we're staying outside of Sunday River, which is out in Bethel, Maine. And yeah, it's a great little getaway for those of you that are looking for a spot to maybe get away. And right now the weather's been great. It's been like 74 outside and then at night gets chilly down to 50 something. This is in Fahrenheit. And yeah, it's been nice. I really wore myself out yesterday though riding i was tired because i just came back from mountain bike camp so then i went we went straight into here so that was good that's what i've been doing reading a lot just they have a sauna here and they also have a hot tub so i've been using the sauna and the hot tub yeah and mike's parents have been with our kids so this has been our first extended child-free break since covid yeah for a while three nights it's been great, though I definitely am not by any means topped up. <laughs> Just be totally honest on that. One of the things we talked a lot about in the retreat with Ra was, was source. Where are we sourcing ourselves? And are we sourcing ourselves, you know, from lack or abundance? And how are we really, like, sourcing ourselves so we can come into this place of, like, a new kind of generosity and Ra has some beautiful work coming out about this. So I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I've just been thinking about how I source myself. And, you know, one of the things we teach in origin is the self sourced scheduling roadmap. It's our roadmap for the do less way and really revolutionizing your relationship with time, revolutionizing your relationship with work. And I've just been realizing for myself, like, I need to source, like really connect spiritually every day with God, the universe, you know, my ancestors, spirit, just like really be in that place every day and like connect into where I feel that in my body. So it's just fresh off the press, just to, was my biggest insight from the, from the retreat. So if someone else feels that way, how 
I know everybody has to do this for their own experience and find it for their own way, but what are, how are, have you been implementing that since we've been here and what does that look like for you? Well, just, just like sitting and in breathing and praying. Um, I was reminded during the retreat of something that I learned from Kyle Gray, which is our helpers, our guides, our angels, our, you know, whoever, ancestors, they need to be asked to help and support us. They're there standing on the sidelines available, but we need to ask them. And so I think for me, it's actually incorporating prayer and then also staying with body first, business second to know that like, my, you know, the way I think about it is that our bodies, I understand that organized religion and, you know, and some spiritual traditions also really talk about trying to transcend the body. That's fine if that works for you. What works for me is getting deeper in my body to sort of connect with that spark of divinity and through, you know, pleasure or presence or grounding or whatever. And I think about it as our bodies are microcosms of nature because we are part of nature. And to me, connecting with the earth, connecting with nature, trees, rocks, you know, the grass, animals, birds, ocean, mountains is such an easy way for me to feel connected to something bigger, to the divine. And so for me, getting in my body and accessing that spark of divinity through my body gives me just also this immediate access to that deeper connection with mother earth and nature that sources me. So, you know, right now, as I'm talking, I'm looking at this gorgeous, gorgeous oak tree outside the window. That's just like in those, it's just, it's turning red, like that beautiful crimson translucent sort of I mean, I just could stare at like the color. You, just, you could never replicate what a tree, you know, all the colors changing in autumn and that transformation. And so when I look at that and like I see beauty and I feel that connection to the tree and like that I'm connected to that tree, I'm part of nature. That tree is so beautiful. That really helps. That really helps. So I've been standing on the ground a lot barefoot, lying on the ground. At home, we lie on the ground after dinner with the girls. Yeah, so that's my answer. Cool. That's awesome. And that's, of course, going to be different for everyone. Some people, you know, might need to go to church to feel that connection. And I'll tell you what, like being in some of those amazing cathedrals in Europe and, you know, that have been there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, I can see why people go to church to feel God. You know, you walk into those places and like there's a majesty and like a beauty that is incredible and also a sordid history as with many things. Okay. Wow. (laughs) So. Preach, Kate. Thanks for coming (laughs) to my God talk. (laughs) God, goddess, the universe. I really, when I pray, I pray to a lot of different things all at the same time. I'm not like. Some people, you know, are very specific that it's God. I just, as my friend Sasha said in college to me when I asked her what she believed in, she said, there's so much magic. Why choose? It's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's beautiful. So brilliant. Sasha, who I've hung out with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today. It's a good way to kick off the episode. We're going to read a couple reviews. Mm-hmm. You want to go for it? Yeah. So people, this will be the last time you get to hear Mike try to pronounce words. Here we go. All right. So this came in from By the Power of She. Antoinette. Hello. Yes. Your work and all you do helps heal my soul. Here is, that was the title. Here is what Antoinette wrote. You both know I am one of your biggest fans. I have been following your podcast and listening weekly since you launched it. We're in this together. You know, we're all in this together. You even did a podcast on a question I sent you and referred to me as Mrs. A. Thank you so much for all you do and what you stand for. Your work claims my soul and this podcast is my absolute favorite and gives me so much peace and calm. I am sad to see the podcast end, but I know you both will keep creating things that support beauty, wellness, and peace in the world. I love you and I feel so blessed to have found you. My family thanks you. Peace and blessings to both of you. Thank you, Antoinette. Thank you. I love you too. This next one, and who I read these today, there's three that I'm reading. So you can just send me a message in Mike J. Watts on Instagram with your mailing address. And I will put a special present in the mail for you. And if I've read your episode before and you still haven't messaged me or your review before, you can do that as well now. Uh, later, real fur. Later, real fur. R E L I F E R. The title says Relifer. Relifer. Later Relifer is who this is left by. And the title just says Zach Bush. And then what later wrote. I like you have had a steady diet of Zach for the past nine days. This was the best one yet. Thanks. Thanks. And this is also from Regeneration. And this is also for Zach Bush. The title says Zach Bush for Secretary of Agriculture. Y'all, I can't thank you enough for sharing this insight, brilliant, fun conversation. Katie and Mike, I appreciate your work so much. As a parent, performer, and healer, your awesome work has helped me greatly to prioritize an awesome life, as has the work of Dr. Zach Bush. Thank you so much. So much gratitude. Learn so much and sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's it. That's all right. the reviews. So we were going to talk about some of the most downloaded episodes over the last four years by way of just a little retrospective here. So, Mike, do you want to talk about what some of those? And by the way, of course, the podcast is staying up. So we now have with this episode 203 episodes. So you can absolutely go back and keep listening. There's so much good stuff in here. So, honey, what were some of our most downloaded episodes ever? So, boop, boop, boop. we have Zach Bush is number one. Mm -hmm. That was the most downloaded. Part one was the most downloaded episode. Make sure, though, if you loved that one or if you hated it, go listen to the second episode with him as well. It was episode 200. And he was really powerful and some information I had not heard before. Yes, there's a lot of great insights that came from Zach Bush. Number two was your period, your moon, your cyclical cyclical living questions answered. By the way, that is a great episode. It's episode 143. I recommend it to people 
all the time, which is probably why it's one of our most downloaded episodes. That is the episode you want to go to if you are like, how does cyclical living work for me if I'm on the pill? How does it work for me if I have an IUD? How does it work for me if I am perimenopausal, if I'm postmenopausal, if I've had a hysterectomy, if I'm pregnant, if I'm nursing and I don't have a period, if I have amenorrhea, if I, you know, like what happens? What if my period doesn't align with the new moon? What if I don't get my period on the new moon? What if I get my period on the full moon? What if I get my period on the waxing gibbous moon? All of those questions are answered in that episode. So if you're feeling like, I'm not sure how this applies to me, given my cyclical status, please listen to that episode. Great. All right, then we have sobriety substances and choosing to live awake. That was yeah, episode that was 137. Episode. That like one. 137. Huh? Yeah, 137. So that was a big one. That was just talking about us and our journey. Mostly Mike. Most, yeah, mostly Mike's journey with substances. And if you have, if you are someone who struggles with substances or has somebody you love who struggles with substances, I really recommend that episode. And then we had two follow-up episodes. Were you going to mention them? With Holly and... Yeah. Yeah, they're on here. Okay, great. I'm just going to say them then. With Holly Whitaker, who wrote Quit Like a Woman, and also with Laura McCowan, who wrote... We Are the Luckiest. Thank you. We Are the Luckiest. Both incredible books. We Are the Luckiest is a memoir. Quit Like a Woman is more prescriptive. Mind-freaking-blowing, both of them. Holly's book about the stats around big alcohol and patriarchy and just the way it has affected women and why the 12 steps aren't the only way to quit alcohol, which Mike is a beautiful example of that. Even though he did not quit like a woman, he quit like Mike. And then We Are the Luckiest is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Laura is such a beautiful writer. So check those episodes out as well. Today is always a great day for sobriety. It's good. <laughs> Uh, even to try it on like it doesn't have to be like yeah. a lifelong commitment but like you know listen in see if it resonates try it on it's true you know i mean just do whatever you want but it is a great i think like if you really think about now i've had a couple of sips of coffee so i'm slightly more like here but i will not i will not blow you away with my caffeine mike i will it's okay keep it keep it calm when i think about like the most critical aspects, the most critical ingredients that I could point to and be like, this is why our business works, or this is why our marriage works, or this is why our life works. And P.S. like, it doesn't work all the time, but I would say most of the time, like things, are you happy, Mike? Yes. Great. We're happy. It'd be awkward if I said no. We're happy for the most part. I am happy. You know, some days not, but most days, yes. And like, I feel like we're contributing, we're, you know, moving more and more towards living our purpose. Like, I love my work. I love my friends. I love you. I love our kids. I love our cul-de-sac. Like, you know, it's just really a good life. And one of the biggest contributing factors is the fact that we don't drink. Mm -hmm. I really have to say that. You do you listening in. Like, you do you. This is not about your choices or shame or blame. Like, I'm not. It's totally great. Whatever you decide. But I just wanted to say that because, you know, if I look back over our last 10 years together in the four years of this podcast, I can really see how the clarity of mind and the clarity of body and the clarity of presence is so supported by our choice not to drink. 
it's really my body's choice not to drink. There's occasional moments when I'm like, man, I wish I drank. Like, it'd be so, you know, like there's moments. There are moments, you know, when I'm like, oh, I want to order a fancy cocktail or like get a little sloppy or whatever. But my body says no. <laughs> so what can you do? Okay. Well, it's an outside influence, right? Like alcohol is the same thing as sugar. It's the same thing as like, it's an outside influence of a substance that is not necessarily meant to be inside of our body. And it also, it, it you know, it affects our judgment. It affects us getting closer. Like you started this off by talking about how you're getting closer to God. Most of the time. You didn't see that coming, did you? Drinking. <laughs> is not how we get closer to God. Now, I know people are doing plant medicine exercises all over the world and they're having these outer body experiences and, you know, which is great, you know, and it's like, choose how you want to live, but it's also like what your desires are. I mean, my biggest reason to stop drinking was like, what do I actually want in my life? And this vehicle and substance is not going to get me there, right? It's like, if I want to reduce my expenses in... My light, let's say I have a $600 a month car payment and realize like I want to reduce my expenses. I'll go get a new car for like $400 and get rid of the BMW and just stick with a Toyota Camry, right? Like it's the same where it's making smart financial decisions from that standpoint. It's the same with our own spiritual awakeness, I guess you could say, or just us being on the planet and figuring out like, how do I want to live? And like me, alcohol was that BMW vehicle and I just wanted to a Toyota Camry, you know, really, that really went backwards. That analogy. I'm not sure if this analogy um, works, but but I it appreciate was. It. I think people are following. <laughs> so it's the yeah, it's just making a decision that realized that vehicle that I was in was not the right one, and so I needed to choose a new one. And for the record, neither of us drive BMWs. We both drive Toyotas. Yeah, and we don't have in a case Camry anyone either. Cares. I still drive the Prius that Mike and I took off on a road trip together in. On February 2nd, 2011. Mm -hmm. That puppy has a lot of miles. She now has a dent in her bumper because I hit a fire hydrant <laughs> a few months back. And I would be very sad to get rid of that car. But at some point that will happen because she's almost she's a 2010. I will have had her 10 years in February. So anyway. Still runs great. She does. You know what? Yeah. Here's what's great about a Prius. This episode is not sponsored by Prius. Our episodes, we never, we thought about going down the sponsorship route several times and we just never got it together. That is the whole story on that. <laughs> um, but, you know, here's, listen, if you want to be a podcaster, if you're thinking about it, if you already have a podcast, you want to grow it, you don't have to get outside companies to sponsor your podcast. I was in a conversation the other day and and a woman was like, well, I can't make money from my podcast. I was like, hold up. Yes, you can. <laughs> so while we chose, well, I sort of think by default, we never ended up courting sponsors to be sponsors on the podcast. We've sponsored our own episodes all the time with different things that we're promoting. P.S. I'm going to sponsor this episode right now and say that <laughs> you can head over to katenorther.com forward slash masterclass. I am teaching a brand new masterclass that I'm really excited about on starting October 7th. So if you go over to katenorthup.com forward slash masterclass, it is three ways that overworking and isolation are destroying your business and how to fix them. Okay, so that's 
this episode is officially sponsored by what, my new what master What does that class. have to do with your Prius? Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say that what's so great about the Prius is pre-COVID when I went places, I only spent $25 a month on gas total. I have no car payment. Now I don't even spend that because I only go from my house to the office and back, which is like a six minute drive. So I just want to celebrate the joy of the Prius and the cost savings and the fact that I don't use a lot of gas. Great. The end. Kate went to bed really late last night because their mastermind went really late. Oh, Lord. So she gets a little loopy. It's pretty funny. Folks, I've only had like one sip of coffee. This isn't even really that. <laughs> yeah. It's just I'm a little, I have, I have a case of the sillies. All right. <laughs> one of our other top downloaded episodes was with Raw Goddess. How to yeah. get paid, do good at the same time. Oh, my gosh. Listen to this episode and read Raw's book, The Calling. Yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah. women in the mastermind yesterday said <laughs> that Ra's book, The Calling, is her business partner. <laughs> it's like, true. I love that so much. It's so rich. Yeah. Like I said in the episode, I'll probably never read another business book, and I haven't. And we recorded that in January of this year. So I haven't read a business book since January, but I've read a lot of wow. other books. I think the only business book I've read since January is How to Hire Your World-Class Executive Assistant. Yes by michael hyatt well that's practical that makes sense it's a business book yeah it's yeah but it also said yeah i mean I read, things like I read that becoming so good mm -hmm. just talking about other books i've read alicia keys's book is great i haven't read that yet but i'm I really just excited for coming licia for my birthday licia morelli gave me who just came, dropped her new book darn tough i am darn tough it's a children's kids. book it's beautiful she sold out her first printing mm -hmm. like in 30 seconds Ruby and Penelope love it. Yeah, they love it. So she gave me the confessions, like the Craigslist confessionals or something. It's about this woman that was in between careers and literally posted an ad on Craigslist in the free personal section that says, I will listen to you talk. And she just started interviewing people. And so she wrote a book about what people's stories are. And it's just like, it just puts the world in such perspective. I'm about halfway through it. Just like people's mm. stories, what they go through, like what their life is about, love, regret, like all of this stuff. And it's really fascinating. It's a good read. Mm. I also read, I just want to do one more book. <laughs> I read uh, Self-Portrait in Black and White by Thomas Chatterton Williams. Fascinating. Mm. I highly recommend it. After Raw was The Surprising Path Between Beyond Depression, Anxiety, and Fatigue with Kelly Brogan. So author of your own self. And then we have own yourself or yeah, the author of own yourself. We had next was the secret of making more money while working less. Episode 167. I wonder what that one's about. Well, we recorded it together. I know, but I'm just like, yeah, it sounds good. It does sound good. The secret of making more money while working less. It probably has to do something with cyclical living and the do less way. That one was recorded January 13th. So now I'm really curious what it's about because of that was or that year? was released. Yeah. Of this year before like we had the Rona times. Yeah. So. Well, at that time we were doing the ramp up for the make time for business course. So mm -hmm. it would be something having to do with what's in that course. Yeah. Which by the way, that course is great. I just haven't given it a lot of attention. Yeah. And oh, just a. What we're reading here, so Lipson, who we actually 
publish our podcast through, they updated the way their back office and stuff. So we have some episodes from 2016, 2017 that are not showing up on this list because the way that they screwed, they like the statistics didn't carry over. So I know Danielle Laporte was a top episode that we had for one of the episodes we had with her, but she's not on, it's not on this exact list. So we're just going off what's current. All right, next we have this day, our daily success habits, small things, big results that we recorded. Yeah, on that one, we talked about a lot of little weird things that we do. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, you know, go back and listen. Yeah. And then we come down to choosing to not drink in a culture obsessed oh. with alcohol by with Holly Whitaker. Great. Author of Quit Like a Woman, as Kate said. And then right below that is Laura McCallan's book. Great or Lauren McCallum's podcast interview. And then we have in between there, it's how to use strategic planning to get the biggest results with less stress in 2020. That was recorded in November of last year. I mean, it's I still think relevant. still good stuff. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I think still good stuff. But, you know, one of the things I've been chewing on and I'm actually working on an article for that I'll, I'll have out in a couple months is about how long to how our relationship with long-term planning really needs to shift as the world is shifting under our feet and things are changing so fast that really like a better solution is micro planning, micro planning, meaning really checking in with what you need during the day, during the week, during the month, every season, quarterly, and then annually, but not getting like super obsessed with the five-year plan because things are going to change. And of course, the do less planner system is a beautiful way to guide you in micro planning. Mm, Beautiful. Oh, I'm not reading the episode numbers. I'm sorry, people, that if something stuck out, you well, want to listen to it. Matt can link them all up in the show notes. So just yeah, I'll just send you the, go to katenorthup.com yeah. forward slash podcast. And this episode They're will be at be the there. top of that page. And then, you know. Yeah. So Holly Whitaker's 165 strategic planning. Big results is 158. I'm just imagining people who are driving right now. They're like, I can't write this down. Guys. Yeah. And then Laura McCowan's is 166. I'm I just listen, I really only listen to podcasts when I drive. So I'm always that person who's like, oh, mental note. Oops, I totally forgot. <laughs> we have the opportunity and illness, which is episode Ooh. 156, which talked about my whole skin journey, mm-hmm. which I'm still experiencing. It hasn't officially gone away yet. Where would you say you are in terms of like if October 2018 was a 10 in terms of worse, right? That day that you sat yeah. at my mom's kitchen table and just like turned it over to God. Where would you say you are now if that was a 10 in terms of it being really bad? I would say like a three, two, okay. honestly, like really low. I just have like, it's when I'm in the sun a lot, my lips get really inflamed. Mm-hmm. It's mainly the big cause at okay. this moment in time. When I have hot beverages or spicy food, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's very sweet. It's like really sensitive. When I have <clears throat> beverages or spicy food. Yeah. So, and I feel like as long as I keep finding that, you know, it's like getting closer to the calling, I guess you could say via raw or closer to God, or I feel like it's just all going to go away. It's just a good reminder. That's totally, as I was listening to you say it, and I've thought about this before, you know, having your lips burn. It's yeah. like when we say we have something burning to say, right? It's like, I've got a hot one. Yeah. Right. Like, I just feel like there's something, there's something burning. Yes. It'll come. It'll come. Yeah. In the meantime, you <laughs> use a keep... lot of chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do. I use 
it's Z-I-Z-A, I think, dermatology. And they have this, they have great little, very healthy, non-petroleum-based chapsticks. So It's great. I have to say, I used to always be like have chapstick and I mostly do but like I kind of love that my husband always has chapstick yeah it was I used to use the sauna one a lot and I love that one because it has a little SPF in it but it was some ingredient that when my lips were really bad it started to burn my lips and it might have been from the sunscreen that was kind of the SPF protector in there so I had to find something a little bit different and I've tried I use the I don't know the red one it's not helpful but they have a different varieties that you can try out I've tried them all like honestly i just order like five or six at a time and then i, I have know what you're drawer. getting in your christmas stocking. yeah chapstick yay uh, okay. all right hey, and then this is random but i think i said this on the last episode i really love stocking stuffers so if anybody mm-hmm. has like creative stocking stuffers that they've either ever received or given that they just absolutely love can you send me a dm on instagram at kate northrup just going to get going early yeah. on that. Okay, uh, okay I'm going to read like three more because that'll kind of round out the top right. 15. Four shifts that took us from six to seven figures. They're not oh, what yes. you think. That's episode 146. And then we have Glennon Doyle. What to do when you lose yourself. Episode 182. That was recorded in April of this year. I remember that. And it's pretty current. Yeah, and then we have how to get more people to buy what you're selling, episode 145. That's a very important episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was episode 145, honey. I'm literally reading the sheet that says episode 145. Really? I know I have issues reading. Okay. But Well, anyway, that's a very important episode. <laughs> if you are not getting as many people converting on your webinars or not as many people even signing up for your freebie or not as many sales from your sales page, you got to listen to that episode. It's so practical and it's going to be a game changer for many, many folks listening to this. That was recorded a year ago. It's what I work with our mastermind and incubator members on all the time. Hmm. And then we have Rachel Cargill, her first yes. episode that we we republished it earlier this year, but her first episode, episode 86 was the original. Yeah, Rachel. And so that kind of closes out the top 15. I know that was pretty cool. We had her on when she was, you know, more early on bursting onto the scene. Now she has over a million followers and it's like yeah, it's national exploded. news, but it was kind of cool to have a conversation with her earlier on in her journey and just like witness and support where she's been, where she's going, all the beautiful things she's created. Okay. Amazing. So those are some of our, you know, by the stats, our favorite episodes. I'm trying to think of favorite moments of recording the podcast. One was just a sort of like the interesting moment of recording the episode with your parents. Yeah. That was intense and also amazing. That um, is, I can tell you, because that's in the legacy section, which I looked at. This <laughs> legacy <morning>. section. <laughs> yeah. So that one was, I that just was learned. That was episode 28. I just learned a lot about you and your family listening. Mostly I just listened during that episode. It was mostly you talking with your parents. So that was pretty amazing. And I think we, you had mentioned this, like having our friends Michael Nichols on talking about his creative process, creating the Holly Star movie since. Yeah. So in the, what do we call it? The hangout? The rap party. The rap party the, on the live Zoom. One of the things I mentioned that I really loved about doing our some of my favorite episodes were when Heather Graham 
when she launched what was her movie half magic half magic and then michael nichols wrote holly star that he worked on for 20 years basically on and off and rewrote it and rewrote it again and so the initial when they wrote their scripts the initial reading that we did was at actually at like christmas time at kate's mom's that house. was an annual tradition for several years as we would do a like table reading a of, a, of a film script with with our movie friends yeah who are writing movies right and so which is i've never read a script before so it was pretty cool and then we were all different characters and then two of the movies and the third one because the third one was the greek movie right yeah which is in the process of maybe getting produced. So two out of the three movies were actually went from writing ideas, scripts to being actually produced. Yeah. And it was cool to just be in early in this stage in that process and then see the things. Really get finalized. Is amazing. And yeah. then to go on set with Holly star and be the extras casting director. You were in the movie. I am an extra in the movie. Just the back of my head. Also, if you're listening and you have interest in being a financier for a movie, let us know and we'll hook you up with Michael and Julia for their amazing Greek movie. And there might be some perks attached to it. So, you know, just reach out. Yeah. If you happen to be sitting on a wad o cash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which, you know. I don't want to say a lot of people are, but some people are. You just never some really know what's happening. Cash they want to spend. You know what I learned last night? This was horrifying. 28 people on the planet have the same amount of wealth they are holding that the rest of humanity. It's so it's like a 50-50 split mm -hmm. that 28 people, 28 people are holding the amount of wealth that is distributed over the rest of the 7.6 billion. Mm -hmm. I just can't. That's so insane. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we know of because that doesn't yeah. count into when you get into the sheiks and the kings in the Middle East. Sikhs. Or the Sikhs. What did I say? Sheiks? Oh, no. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Sikhs is Sikhs a religion. Sikhs is a religion. I apologize. The sheiks, like these oil of in those the middle eastern countries you know you, and you get into these other countries that have kings and all this stuff like you don't actually know how much money they actually have oh anyway i don't it's think estimated. those 28 people are listening to this podcast but if you are you should fund the greek movie <laughs> yeah it's good yeah it's crazy the in income in inequity is legit so yeah do you have any other favorite takeaways i'm just looking at the, like the legacy stats and i know when rebecca baruki was on just talking about four minutes to change your life and how just like it doesn't i just loved her little simple concepts of yeah bex just taking like a quick before you go inside just having a quick download or reflection mm -hmm. to change your state i think that some of my favorite moments were just you know some of our after bedtime episodes where it was just very silly and like fun to mm. record. And, you know, it was such a dream to have Glennon Doyle on, for example, that was like, you know, for me, having been so impacted by her books, that was just such a dream having Adrian Marie Brown. Oh my God. Getting to talk to her, to the author about emergent strategy. I mean, I am just like, so in the world of geekdom, I am just such a nerd. And so to get to talk to authors who I admire about their books and their writing personally is such an honor. That has been absolutely one of my favorite things is just like having a way that I could support their work mm -hmm. and get to ask them my own questions. Really, really amazing. 
It's like so amazing. And of course, there's like a million other people we would have loved to have on. And, you know, I think that this is we talked about this on the last episode, sort of examining our relationship with endings. I was talking to Mike last night about sort of this moment at the end of the mastermind where I felt like I screwed up or, you know, did the wrong thing or whatever. And that was last night was the end of my mastermind with Raw that I've been in since last November. And so it was just a great you reflected back to me. You were like, you're overthinking it. It's like not a big deal once I described what happened. (laughs) And it was a great reminder of like, oh, yeah, what's my relationship to endings? Isn't that interesting how instead of like savoring the ending or honoring the ending, I'm going into like, I screwed it up. We find fault in it. Yeah. Yeah. Either that we screwed it up or that because Mike and I could sit here right now and be like, oh, my God, think of all the episodes we didn't do. Think of all the guests we didn't have on. Think of, you know, whatever. And like, yeah, there's an infinite number of them. And we have 203 episodes plus some bonus ones that we did do. So we're focusing on that. Yeah. Everybody is like, it's even if like Kate and I could just say, okay, thanks. Bye. And just end right now. Right. And people would be like, okay, cool. That's the end. And then other people be like, wait, wait, I'm missing. Right. And so it's the same with like TV shows. The ending of Seinfeld, oh, it was the worst ending ever. The ending of Game of Thrones, horrible, right? We have these built up, we have these monumental expectations for how things are supposed to end. And then they end and we have an issue with how they end because they didn't go the way we thought they wanted to end. Mm. And, you know, it's, interesting. it's a great reflection that you said, because even at Mountain Bike Camp, when I went this weekend, one of the big, he started talking, This our instructor was Jeff. Jeff's pieces of advice. This is my favorite thing that happened all weekend. We were talking to Jeff and I was like, this is a side note from what I'm actually going to say, but we're sitting there and we're on the pump track. So we're on like the jump line and I'm learning how to jump. And I was like, we were talking about age or whatever. I was like, how old are you? He's like 48. And I mean, this guy looks like he he's in great shape, looks really young. The whole thing. I was like, wow. He goes, yeah, I have three pieces of health advice that have kept me looking young and healthy. Number one is that he goes, I move, I do some sort of movement or exercise every day. Number two, I eat pretty healthy, like most of the time. And number three, I didn't have kids. And I, we just started laughing, me and a bunch of guys around. He's like, that third one. <laughs> yeah, that was, mm. the, that was the big one because I didn't have kids. And I was like, it's legit. Like I look at pictures of myself from five years ago before I had Penelope to now, like how just lack of sleep, age, exhaustion. It's real. But it is real. But you know, I also like have such gratitude for that, right? It's like, the fact that I'm a mother shows on my face. And I think that's something kind of beautiful about that. It's true. You know, and his perspective was great as well because he's like, I just didn't, you know, and he chose not to have kids. So anyway, but he started off talking about at camp, it was all mindset and visualization stuff. Like it was myself and it was all dudes, right? And then besides Olivia, who like helped us, she was worked at the camp and like brought us food and kept us anything we needed. She would help us out. It's not often that you get like a having a conversation where it's like, we're going to focus on being positive in this situation where you're talking about endings and how we can find fault in what the ending is. And anytime somebody would be like, well, I can't do that. Or I can't do it. He's like, huh? He's like, well, I can't do that. What? And you know, he's like, I can't do that. What? Oh, I'm struggling with this, but it's my challenge that I want to overcome, right? It's reframing and how easy it is for us to go to the negative piece of like, I didn't do that good enough. I didn't, I could go faster. I could do this better. You know, here's what I could work on. And, 
you know, in my week there, I was just really focused on, and even with us in this podcast, it's been a process of like, okay, so we could do this better. How can we do this better? There's a way to encourage improvement without being negative yeah, and without being self-destructive in that way. So I think it's cool that like when we talk about endings, it's in the similar ballpark there. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about as I was laying in bed this morning after I woke up, as one does, is corporate ethics <laughs> and, and like the standards we hold corporations to mm-hmm. in terms of integrity. And because we had this wonderful man come talk about brands last night and how brands actually will be a critical factor for saving the planet and saving humanity, if we are in fact going to do that, which is still to be known. However, this is his mission and it's really, really beautiful talk. And there was a moment where he was talking about, you know, thinking through, and this came up so many times during the mastermind, because we also had this incredible woman who works in impact investing at a capital fund. I still don't exactly understand what she does, but it was fascinating nonetheless. So this whole idea that our actions have impact and to think beyond like what we're delivering to our customer, right? Just that one exchange, but think through the steps before that. So how was this made? How was this thing sourced? And if you're selling digital products, what was the energy like that you invested in this? How did the team feel as this was being put together? What kind of state were you in? Because all of that matters, right? One of the things we've been working on all year long in the incubator and mastermind is that the how matters just as much, if not more than the what, because the how impacts, you know, we think about those meals that just taste so amazing and people are like, oh, the special ingredient was love. And I really believe that that is so true in our digital programs, in our offerings, like what was the state you were in? And also who made that thing? And, you know, every night at dinner with the girls, we say thank you to the farmers who grew this food. Thank you to the farmers who raised these animals. Like, you know, really acknowledging that this food didn't just like come from the grocery store, right? A lot of it came from a CSA at this point particular season, but still. And so then thinking through, okay, yes, then your customer has the product, but then what happens after? Like, what about when they need to throw it away? What about when they're done with it? What happens then? And I started thinking about the planner, right? The do less planner. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. So I guess somebody would need to just take out the spiral binding and then recycle it. So do I feel good about that plan? Like, how can I explicitly talk about that? Like what happens when you're done, you know? And so really to think about the impact all the way back and all the way through and all the way forward. And the reason I am talking about this, that was a bit of a side note, but I think it's interesting. Think about how that applies to you and your company or your, you know, your business, whatever. Planner people don't throw away their planners. I know. They're putting boxes and they keep them, right? It's, that, <laughs> I know. That's true. Well, yeah. personally, like I'm not going to throw away my do less planner, no. but- some people will. Yeah, it's true. You know, yep. so no, please it's recycle good. it. Yep. But even the material that it shows up in. Right. right? So we're so, working on yeah. that as a company, just so you know. So here's, so here, that's actually a perfect segue. So the question was asked about companies that we like appreciate and we use their products, but they still have work to do. 
right? Like there might still be corporate practices that we don't love, or they might still be doing this thing over here that we don't support. But at the same time, their product is changing our lives and changing the world. And so the woman who spoke about impact investing and the fund she works at, they have a way that they look at everything because they have this huge endowment. And then they basically like invest it in places to support people on the ground. And she said they look at their portfolio and they have a, a this sort of theory of net impact. So is this company? Yes, no company is going to be perfect. And I am getting somewhere. This is I do know actually where I'm going. I know I'm like going a lot of places. This right makes now. sense. <laughs> I'm bringing it back to the personal in a second. So they look at like, but net is this company doing more good than harm, right? So. I think that's really important for us to look at as we spend money with companies, as we invest in companies, as we look through our own retirement portfolios or whatever to really look at like, is this company in alignment with my values? And also what's the net impact, right? When I look all the way back and all the way through. And then the question came up about what about the companies that like, we know they could do better, but they're not yet, but like they're still doing some good, right? And so basically the branding guy last night was talking about how we have to just take the baton we were given and do our part. And like each company is evolving and hopefully doing better than before. But we have this whole idea of perfectionism and it really shows up in the cancel culture where Mm. it's like, We don't give other humans, especially public ones, the grace of allowing them to make mistakes and then actually have a reparative experience or a, what's the word for it? There's the criminal justice system and then there's a, it's not reparative justice. Reform? No. Anyway, people listening will hopefully know what I'm talking about, (laughs) where you're actually like, working with someone to improve their mental health, their emotional health, like like really actually investing in a human being to help them evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Our current system totally doesn't do that. And so I thought about that in terms of like the way we interact with companies and the expectation that, well, if this company isn't being completely perfect, then I can't do business with them. And the way in which we do that with celebrities and with cancel culture, and then the way that that lets ourselves off the hook, because if then I'm seeing the culture out there that's saying, well, that person's going to get canceled if they say one thing wrong, and this company like is net impact positive, but still has these areas of growth, then on a personal level, we don't even get in the game because it's like, well, I'm so scared that if I screw, if I don't do this perfectly, then I can't exist in the space. So I'll just stay over here and do nothing and stay safe. And I see this a lot with business owners who are afraid to speak up about topics that they believe in, whether it's race, whether it's health, whether it's you know gender inequality, whether it's whatever it is, because we have this punitive justice system certainly in the United States, like literally our criminal justice system is punitive, but also we have this social media punitive justice system. And what do you then mean when you say punitive? Punitive is like punishment, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So 
restorative. Restorative justice is what is the word I was going for. So I hope that I'm making myself clear. I'm really working in the macro and micro right now. But basically what I'm trying to say is we need to hold public people, companies, and ourselves accountable to do better. And we also need to give ourselves space to screw it up and repair and screw it up and repair and screw it up and repair. Because if we don't give that grace and space to companies and people who are public, we're never going to give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to get in the game and be part of the change that needs to happen. I don't remember why I wanted to talk about that, but I thought it was important to say because I was just thinking about like the micro and macro of that. If you're like, well, I'm going to cancel this person and never listen to them again because they screwed up. That that may be fine because that person may be toxic to you. Like that's absolutely a valid choice. And there are certainly people who I have chosen not to have in my sphere publicly or privately anymore because of their actions. And also... I'm far more interested in how somebody shows up after they've made a mistake than whether or not they make a mistake. And same with companies, because I think we just need to make a lot more space for repair and restoration. I mean, that's what our planet needs so badly. That's what our our bodies need so badly. And to give space for people to keep staying in the game, that conversation about repair and restoration is just incredibly important. Thank you for my tangent. (laughs) No, I think it was very impactful. As Annie's friend Charles says, thank you for my share. (laughs) Thank you for my share. I mean, we've seen this where we have friends that have messed up online and then people come out of the woodwork and jump on the bandwagon and shame them for screwing up. And it's just, it's not helpful. It's allowing people to mess up and have a mistake and then fix helping themselves like they're doing the work and the research and things that to get better just like we are doing this as well yeah and to realize like well this is not a we can't live a perfect life like we're going to make mistakes we're all gonna be you know erica hines be humble and ready to fumble yeah like it's just i mean i've screwed up many times Mm -hmm. i will continue to do so we talked about it a lot around the zach bush episode yep there were a lot of great conversations that came from that. And it was like such a beautiful opportunity to actually lean in and get closer with our community. And so what a gift Mm -hmm. to have the grace to repair. And also to know that like our energy towards repair will not reach everybody. Not everyone is interested in repair and that's also okay. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, we've had friends who have screwed up online where their response was like, oh, not actually repair it's not good. No. And then we've had friends who have screwed up online who the response was really reparative. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a culture, you know, we are so black and white about like, this is wrong and this is right. And we don't have a conversation. We don't have an active conversation around repair. Right. You know, our parents, how many people remember their parents saying like i'm so sorry i screwed up right so did we have that modeled in leadership that like you can be a leader you can be out there you can be in the arena and then screw up because you're human and then it's okay to be also say you screwed up like we don't have a lot of space for that and i just think we need to have a lot more space for that Mm -hmm in our own relationship with self, in our relationship with 
family while also knowing that there are real toxic people and sometimes you just have to draw a hard and clear boundary. And, you know, Valerie Carr talked about this on our episode about her book, See No Stranger. So, so, so beautiful. Like that conversation around, you know, when she called her abuser, when she, you know, sat with families as they called the person who had killed their family member, you know, in jail to have reparative conversations. It's like, whoa. So I don't even know why we're talking about this. Well, I, it's because it's very relevant. It's, it's very relevant right now. I mean, we're coming to the end anyway, but it's like very relevant right now because of how triggering so many things are, you know? And so it's like we get very defensive in thinking that we're right or we know the best way or the best solution instead of creating a conversation with someone that might have a different belief or different thought process. You know, like there's a, with by the house we're staying, there's a guy that he probably has 20 Trump signs in his yard, you know? And so I'm like walking by, I'm like, it's one thing to be excited about Donald Trump, but the other thing is like, why do I need 20, right? Like if the guy was outside, would be like, hey, what do you feel so called to put 20 signs, yeah. right? Uh, well, and, and, and a way to ask that question, if there are people in your life where this is relevant, not necessarily with the 20 signs, but just whatever, to say like, hey, tell me about your signs. Yeah. You know, so that we're not right. coming from the perspective of why do you think you need to do this? Because right. that's immediately we put def- somebody on the defense yes. versus like, hey, I noticed you have a lot of signs here. Tell me more. You're excited, right? Now, that's just an example that I used. That's very close to Quite what we're frankly, saying. Quite frankly, Mike decided to like use the Oh, it's set up beautifully. As an obstacle course. As an obstacle and I was course. like, Kate honey, was do not run on this person's lawn. Like, I just was like, and that's totally my bias. <laughs> that was a judgment. But I was like, don't touch that person's lawn. <laughs> like, it's like an S curve. So you can just roll in and out. And the way that was set up was actually really in order and beautiful, you know. But then I'm like, okay. So inside of this house is a human being just like me, right? And so what does that person believe in? Why does that person believe that way? How did that person get, you know, have this thought process that it's like, I got to put 20 signs in my yard. And my mom showed me a picture, Trump did a, a rally in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where my mom was born. And, you know, nobody's doing this for Biden. So it's all like, you know, you don't see anybody putting 20 Biden signs in their yard. And somebody painted their house. Somebody might. Yeah, they we might. We have not been we in every not yard seen them. in America. No. Just I mean, for we the have record. been. We yeah. Anyway, they painted their whole house as an American flag, and it's huge, like a giant portrait of Trump that is as tall as the house. It was amazing, right? So it's like, wow, that's fascinating. But it's a human being that has opinions, and they might maybe right now. There could be people that voted in 2016 for Donald Trump and realize like I made the wrong decision. And it's the same, you know, it's the same with anything that we're deciding here. But this is why I'm talking about this because it's it's relevant. What you're talking about is very relevant to where we are today because it's the cancel culture. It's like having all of these people like accusations of women against men in the workplace and men come out and be like, I never did that, you know, and it could be. 20 30 women says this, this is how i felt instead yeah, of like men maybe accepting there could be a conversation for right. repair there like imagine imagine if when dr blazy ford was on the stand talking to that guy who was the guy brett kavanaugh thank you or well 
Yes. It, yes. He about was about him, right? Yes, yes. Imagine if she was like, here's what happened. And he was like, you're right. I was 18. It was so stupid. I'm so sorry. And was like, that happened. And here's how I am. Here's how I'm investing in my own personal growth around my toxic masculinity. Here's mm-hmm. how I'm making sure my sons don't carry this forward. Here's how I'd like to support you in your own healing journey. Like, imagine how healing that would have been to millions of women watching that and to millions of men. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if we had space. Anyway. We did not intend this episode to be about repair, but I think it's really important. And, you know, so here we are. We're married, right? But we that why didn't, let's talk about, before we move on, why didn't that happen? Because we don't have a culture where we give. So that's part, that's one of the elements of patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? That yes. authority figures are untouchable. Yep. Especially authority figures who are white, cis, hetero males mm-hmm. are the gold standard. For humans. And so if you are that person, it's not okay to show vulnerability. Right. And so. In having Brett Kavanaugh yell. The very aspect of the fact that he, you know, assaulted Dr. Blasey Ford. So that's a symptom of toxic masculinity and patriarchy. And then the fact that he couldn't own up to it is also a symptom of toxic patriarchy. Right, and having and him masculinity. yell at the Congress or whoever who's I forget who is sitting in front of some house, but the committee, having him scream at the committee is very comforting for a lot of people, right? Like that is how well, leadership it feels like is. Home. It feels like home. Because how many people like grew up with their dad just screaming, screaming at, everybody. at everybody? Or their mom. Yep. Somebody in their life was screaming. How many sports teams have I been on where the coaches just scream at you? Oh, my God. That's why I quit all the sports because I was like, this is not motivating. I am scared of you. And it doesn't improve as it gets professionals. You watch the... We used to watch that season of Hard Knocks. It's about following NFL teams around. It's just like coaches just screaming at men. You know, it's just men screaming at men. And so that's very normal in that like that's comfort that's like oh that's what i'm used to that's what a leader does that's what a professional does is they scream you know and so that's not the answer though so as we come to a close we're gonna leave that one just like sort of as a food for thought think about you know in your own life opportunities for repair with your kids with your spouse with your partner you know with your parents where are there opportunities? Are there any opportunities for repair? Can we give the people we admire more, you know, the more we put people on a pedestal, of course, the further they have to fall. So can we just accept that everyone's human now, Mm -hmm. take them off their pedestals, and then when they inevitably fuck up, we won't be so shocked, (laughs) right? And see, like, again, I'm far more interested in how somebody responds to making a mistake than whether or not they're going to make a mistake to begin with because humans making mistakes is inevitable that we know for sure that we're all going to die we also know for sure that we're all going to make mistakes and so i don't know why we're all so shocked when it happens (laughs) right so okay we wanted to just wrap it up by just sharing some like some gratitude for each other for this four years. So I just really appreciate Mike, you letting me 
talk and go off on these tangents and like you listening and being here for that and not interrupting me and just really like creating a space where I could share what I think and feel really supported and honored in that. And like, you know, that's kind of a big deal for, yes, of course, I would only be in a marriage where that was the case, but it's not the case in a lot of relationships. And it certainly has not historically been the case where a man will just like give the woman the microphone and sit back and let her go. So I just want to really appreciate you for that. And I know that it has created, you know, sometimes some moments of tension, especially when I'm caffeinated like right now, but I'm grateful for you giving me the floor a lot. Thanks. Thanks for coming guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect place to end. Talking about me, the straight white cisgender male, you know, the hetero hetero. Yeah, I get it all. There was a great I just want to share. There's great. I'm just going to yell my response to you very loud. I'm just going to yell it. You at know, you. that doesn't work for me. Yes, I know. There was a great hat that I saw this kid who was working as the barista at a coffee shop a while back had a hat, baseball cap that had the word heteronormativity and a big circle with a line crossed over it. I was like, this is like such a great hat. So good. he was he he loved that. I loved it. It was cute. It's anyway. amazing. I'm grateful to do this with you. You know, like we've had a really good run for the last decade and nine and a half years or something like that. And we're not sure what the future rounding holds. Up. Yeah, rounding up. I mean, it will be 10 by the time this. It's not like I'm done working with you. I'm currently setting up a whole warehousing in our basement. So it's like continues. We are slowly unraveling. Yeah, we are slowly. <laughs> it's a lot of things have tied up because it's not it's the unraveling is not something that can just happen overnight because we're married. We have a family. We have a business together. You know, like this is a it's a process to really I understand you better than anybody else on our team for the most part, you know, because we've known each other for so long. We've been together so long. So it's like also I know we know what each other's strengths are. We know what each other's weaknesses are. We know where each other are trying to grow and like what we're trying to do, what we're trying to let go of. So it's like a process in that for both of us, you know, as we transition to what's next. So I'm grateful for watching you really own you and your craft and your strength in the past couple of years. Cause I know since we've been together, it's really owning your power and who you are. <sighs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> and it's been amazing, especially since like you started origin and put the planner together to watch that happen. And as that continually happens over time, and then the more that you are, <laughs> I can't get through this without crying, but it's like, if you the... squeeze your bum. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Jesse Itzler was helping somebody through an ice bath yesterday and he was like, squeeze your thighs, squeeze your thighs with your hands. So I'll try. No, that. but actually, if and you're trying your to stop crying, you just squeeze your if you squeeze, squeeze your, your bum, bum, it actually helps. Mostly, I would say, you know, don't do that. Let it flow. But if you need to talk. Yeah, it's inconvenient when you're trying to like talk. But it's been a great process watching you become this powerhouse like that you are and how you've handled going through the pregnancies and giving birth and then what the experience was like with Penelope and then what the experience is like with Ruby and 
coming out of that over the past couple of years and then really getting supported how you need to be supported during this process. It's been quite a different journey than four years ago when we started this, you know, this podcast and even when we started our business together. And just also thanks for staying by me during this time because I know in 2018 when my skin, like shit was hard. And then also you really taught me how to let go of things and to release and just to like, even now during this time of like, I call it floundering, but then Julia, our writing editor was like, that means you're barely staying above water, Mike. You can't say it. And I was with Julia, Michael and Heather when Heather was visiting and we're all walking around and then I was like, don't squash my floundering. I just want to flounder. I don't need you writers over here correcting my, just let me flounder. You know, it was pretty funny. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> Heather was trying to convince me that I'm not floundering. And to mean you're barely staying above water. But in this process of like this transition, what's taking, like it feels weird and awkward, but you know, you and I keep talking about just keep doing you, you know, you're going to, whatever's happening is happening for a reason. And it's been a very healing journey for myself in this process. And yeah, there has been some tension, of course, in our time together, but you know, that's like 5% of like our experience overall. And so I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to do this with you because I've become a better person, you know, out of all of this. And honestly, like you don't, let me get away. It's like such a great way to cap off what we were just talking about is like, you're going to screw up, you're going to make mistakes and then give the person a moment to repair. And then if they make it again, then repair. But then usually it's not made a second time. But I think in our life, like me letting go of old patterns and habits, like you just don't let me get away with my shit, you know? And we honor each other where we're at, but realizing like, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go for that. So (laughs) it's like do better basically in a way. And I'm just grateful to have that in our life and have do that with you. Awesome. Thanks, honey. This has been grand. It has been. And thank you to the listeners. Thank you. We're going to miss you. And for sure. There's more to come. Yeah. There's more to Do you come. want to say something else that you're saying? No, I just, well, <laughs> I'm curious what I was going to talk about like, you know, what might be coming down the pike, but I think we can just leave it at like, this has been amazing and we're so grateful and like to be continued in a new way. That's how we avoid endings. Well, <laughs> that's true, but also it's also true that like every ending is a new beginning. Yes, correct. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Like the moon wanes to dark and then it starts waxing again. Mm-hmm. Like the sun sets and then, it, you know, we go around it and then, or we spin, I don't know, whatever, like we spin on our axis and then, you know, it comes around. It's always coming around again. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, thanks listeners. We love you. It's been a good ride. Thanks for being here on the journey with us. Bye. The era of women doing it all while suffering silently is over. 
I have a brand new masterclass coming up called Three Ways Isolation and Overworking Are Destroying Your Business and How to Fix It. It's a live masterclass for ambitious entrepreneurs who want to work less. And I will teach you how to make more money in less time without burning out while allowing your community to support you as you go. Head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash masterclass to reserve your spot now. Again, that's katenorthrup.com forward slash masterclass. See you there.